this episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Motowit and Do It Law. I was just minding my own business, murdering teenage girls in creative ways by entering their dreams, and this total B-word pulls me into the real world. Her house was a completely unsafe work environment. It was booby-trapped on a Kevin McAllister and beloved holiday classic Home Alone level. I was blinded, pummeled, and burned. I eventually turned into a Cadillac and ate those fucking kids, but still, it's hard to know where to turn when you're injured on the go. But I made a smart move and called Mo. <laughs> I got a city blowing up and you guys are not giving me right, we're blocking answer. the bridges, the roads. Yes, yeah, we're one way to go. The Ghostbusters are here, Mr. Mayor. The Ghostbusters, okay, the Ghostbusters. Hey, where's this peck? I am Walter Peck, sir, and I'm prepared to make a full report. These men are consummate snowball artists. They use sense and nerve gases to induce hallucinations. People think they're seeing ghosts. And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with the fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Let's go through our ratings for Ghostbusters. Let's start with you, and Joe. Just to refresh people on how our ratings work, we go on a scale of 0 to 5, with 0 being something you would actually refer to your worst enemy, but not to anyone else you care about. Uh, one being, ah, uh, fuck it, this movie sucked. I'm not, I don't even want to deal with the stupid shit anymore. Two being, eh, it was a movie. Three is more like, it was it was okay. I mean, I can watch it. It don't really affect me. Four being, it was a pretty damn good movie. Huh? I think I'll probably watch that again or recommend it to somebody. And then five being your best movie ever. Um, and then you can, you know, decimal point it wherever you want in there. All right, well, Joe, you're up first, man. I'm first. I'm going to give this... I'll give it a 4.4. Just because I thought it was a great movie, but it's not going to break my top movies. That's a respectable rating. Uh, I'm going in... Now, our our last episode, we did Goodfellas. I gave Goodfellas a 4.5. Because that's pretty I think close. I did also. Yeah, it's pretty close to a masterpiece. I don't know if I could give any movie a five. Um, I got one. I think I'm going to eventually. Yeah, I'll save that. I mean, a five is is tough. A five is you could find no fault in it at all. I could definitely find fault in Ghostbusters, and I'm trying to look at it objectively. I mean, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, as a as a fan and from childhood so with that in mind I would give Ghostbusters I think the same rating as you like a 4.4 um, because I think as a film if I'm being fair it's it's not a good fellas you know yeah. it definitely has um, some some issues but as far as like pacing and comedy and being groundbreaking and all that stuff I mean it, it scores major points so yeah I'm at a 4.4 I think it what 
it's awesome. The improvisation is awesome, but it could have, you know, been better if they would have stayed a little bit to somewhat of a script. If that makes sense. Ah, I don't know. I, I think their their skill at ad lib and improvisation made it work. I, I think but, it was. That's why I gave it the four point four. But I mean, yeah. I think like if there was more structure, it could have possibly. But then again, I don't know. It's, I'm not, not. It's not my job to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Doug? All right. So the way I'm looking at this rating system for me on a personal level is, I mean, I, I gave Goodfellas a 4.8 because it's, you know, it's in my top 10 of, or even maybe even top five of all-time movies. So again, I, I agree that getting a five is extremely difficult, but I did 4.8 on that one. But I also need to categorize them. I can't, that's apples and oranges trying to look yeah. at Ghostbusters and rate it compared to Goodfellas. So I got to look at it in the, in the comedy genre. And it's definitely in my top ten, but it's not close to my top five as far as comedies go. So, I mean, I'm looking at a 4.2 with this one. There is a lot of sentimentality for me, obviously, because, you know, I, I, was, I saw it in the theaters. But I can't let that sway how I feel about it. I mean, it made me laugh out loud watching it again, but not side splitting and maybe that's because I knew the jokes were coming because I've seen it so many times but yeah 4.2 for me on this one solid grades so this is definitely a movie we're going to recommend to people and we could rewatch it as many times as we want absolutely oh yeah I'll watch this it movie loses over nothing. Over. it loses nothing over time and that in and of itself deserves a high rating great I met him 15 years ago I, I was told there was nothing left no reason no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. If you do that, they'll see him on every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. I'll check back in an hour. So, what was your favorite, or what was the scariest Michael Myers moment for you? Uh, for me, it is that scene with that they use the dimmer. I mean, that that was it. When he appears like that, I thought it was a great film technique, and it. I again, that's one scene I remember scaring the crap out of me in the theater. Like that scene got me. You know, you think it's over. You're kind of convinced it's over. Because remember, back then, see, now it's such a trope that, you yeah. know, the killer's not dead. It wasn't that much of one back then. So you really kind of hoped, you know, maybe this is it. And then you see his face standing there. So that, that totally tripped me out. I think for me, early on in the film, after Lori leaves the key in front of the Myers house, and she's walking away, but the camera doesn't follow her. And you see his shoulder coming to the shot. He's just yeah, watching her walk too. away. 
That's There's something cool. really like eerie about that that scene yeah. in particular for me. Yep. Yeah, for me it would be uh, um, when he when when he's trying to get in the closet. Um, it's just such a raw thing. Like he's just like yeah. straight up yeah. breaking shit, trying yeah. to find a way to get in. That is my most like Mike Myers like scary moment. But completely going back to the very beginning, watching the uh, the uh, the inmates or whatever the people walking around in the rain right. in this field. Yeah. That to me is the creepiest yep. part of yeah. the, the whole movie. Now, um, I have a hard time pinpointing the exact scene, but it's definitely in the Love Guru. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my scariest Mike Myers moment. I'm going to go with yes. the Cat in the Hat. Very good. That's mine. That was the scariest <laughs> Mike Myers that's moment true. to me. The Cat in the Hat. That is kind of creepy. Uh, sorry, I set that entire thing up so I could say that shitty joke. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. Is it all right, baby? Is it Randy? Randy? <laughs> do I do I make you Randy? Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's move on to our uh, ratings for this movie, guys. All right. Who who wants to do the rating breakdown system, Doug? All right. So we work on a system of one to five. It can be incremental uh, in between. Uh, so it, you know you can give something a three point five or a four point five or a four point eight. Um, you know zero. You can give it a zero if it's the worst movie you've ever seen. Uh, we know that's going to be rare, but you never know. Um, and then we work up from one, two, three, four, and five. Five being the perfect movie. Um, we've previously discussed that you know that might never happen. Um, you know each of us have our favorite movies, and that could. Uh, but we are going to keep track of these things, and you know we want to use it as a way to sort of help you decide, uh, you know, how you might feel about it if you haven't seen it, and then uh, give it a shot. So um, uh, let's go with our guest. Do you want to? Do you want to, uh, Tony? Do you want to give us what your rating is? Sure. I think um, uh, knowing what the budget was, and, and, and knowing that it was early slasher. Um, a lot of new things were, were coming in play, like the, the POV type stuff, um, using new technology, I guess, you know, like whatever it was called, like the Panaglider or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even with all of its flaws, um, I still have to give it like a solid four, I think, for me. Okay. Um, all right. It's not, obviously, it's far from being the perfect scary movie. I feel like the 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 kill count was low i think they should have probably done a little better at that um but overall like like the big picture it is still like a great great classic movie that i think any like i think everybody should watch it you know yep all right eric what do you got i'm inclined to agree with tony um i was i was a little hard on this movie um but I absolutely adore it. I think it laid the groundwork for so much about what we love in horror. And when you see a horror movie, a modern one, do things right, it's usually because they're copying this movie. I mean, it's just, it's a, a wonderful blueprint. So I would give this movie a four out of five as well. Um, you know, it's easy to pick apart, and there is a lot of continuity stuff going on, and there's a lot of budget stuff going on, but they really uh like it just doesn't feel like the halloween season without this movie i'll put it that way yep i get it 
Absolutely. Uh, Joe, what do you got? All right. So for me, it's a hard sell in the first place because I'm not a fan of horror movies typically. It's not just it's just not my genre. So it's always going to be harder for me to give a higher score to a horror movie as a disclaimer in general. Sure. Um, with that being said, there are horror movies that I would put you know in the higher four range just because I think they're movies that I really really got down with. Um, like for example, like a movie like Cabin in the Woods, where it had that twist, that's going to get a much higher grade from me, just because there's there's a lot more going on. Um, but with this movie, it is a classic. They did a lot for the budget they had, and they did a lot with what they had going against them, as far as what they had set up the setting to be. Um, and for that reason, because and because of the fact that. I think it's good, but I'm not likely to rewatch it anytime soon. I'm giving it a three. Okay. I respect that. Definitely. Uh, for me, it's, it, again, I got to go back to the sentimental value of it. Um, I did do a lot of trashing of it during this uh, narration, but it does hold a place in my heart uh, personally and as, you know, a leader in the genre. I agree with Eric in that it, it means it means so much to a lot of people. John Carpenter to me is one of the masters, so I could never disrespect that man. This was one of his early works. Um, so I mean, I've got to you know I would be inclined to give it a four, but I'm going to go like four point two because I am adding my sentimental uh, feelings to the movie. Fair enough. So I got a four point two. Yeah, I think that's what makes this grading system so good is that like when people start to identify with one of us with what we typically like, it's going to help them to like, you know, stay more with, with the person that who they connect yes. the best with. Agreed. Why are you doing this? Why? Isn't the universe big enough for both of us? <laughs> What is wrong with you people? We could work together. Why be enemies? Because we're different? Is that why? Think of the things that we could do. Think how strong we would be. Earth! And Mars together. There is nothing that we could not accomplish. Think about it. Think about it. Why destroy when you can create? We can have it all, or we can smash it all. Why can't we work out our differences? Why can't we work things out? Little people. Why can't we all just get along? So we got some ratings to talk about here. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with Joe. Joe, what do you got here? What do you think? 
All right. I do enjoy this movie quite a bit, and uh, I'm always a fan of, of Tim Burton, and I actually am one of the few people who wasn't confused when I said Planet of the Apes is a good movie. <laughs> so, No, I'm sorry. You, you I actually look quite like Planet of the Apes. I thought that's one of those movies I really like a lot. Yeah, but you like Big Trouble, too. <laughs> I do. Thank you. And that was my throwback with a Pat Buchanan. I wasn't confused. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, I knew that. I knew that was your throwback. Exactly. So so w- this movie with its cast, with its crazy, just random absurdity, um, you know it's going to be something. I It's going to be up my alley. Um, yeah. It doesn't have the rewatchability to me that no. Big Trouble has. I, I will rewatch it, but it's not like every time it's on. Yep. Um, I'd probably put this at like... A 3.2. Okay. No, that's respectable. I get it. And I don't disagree with your with your critique on it. It's not um, amazing, but I'll watch yeah. it. It's definitely not a rewatch. It's not and something people, that if it's on, I'm not going to stop. So, And if you I'll, haven't watched it, I would definitely suggest it to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think overall it's a well, it, it's a well put together movie. He, he does, Burton does what he needs to do. You know, there's enough fresh jokes in it. There's enough yeah. subversive humor in it to keep you entertained throughout. But, you know, yeah, it's not close to the best movie you're going to watch. Definitely. I, I made all my kids watch it yesterday. Cool. They enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. The part they laughed the hardest at was when the music came on. The ooh, and the alien yeah. started blowing up. <laughs> That's great. All right. So, Eric, what do you got? This movie is a tapestry of nightmares. <laughs> um, and it no. came out before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, uh, I dig elements of this movie. Like, I like the throwback sci-fi 50s homage-ness that it's got going on. Um, it's just such a weird movie, and not in a Tim burton way, in a, like, why does this exist <laughs> kind of yeah. way. Yeah, I get it. Um, I would give this movie a three, because... There, there's enough redeeming qualities in it. Um, some of it was really funny. I mean, it, it, it's a genuinely funny flick. Um, yeah, 3.0. So it does rank for me better than the last movie. Uh, right. Just by hair that we that yep. we got into. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't see myself watching this thing again uh, unless it's like to prove a point. <laughs> no, I Movie like that you rated Man, this one yeah. higher, but they don't even have a line like "you stupid fat asshole." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and again, I can respect that rating because, and, and I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Um, I, I, I've already said it, but. I mean, I'll say it again. Yeah, it's not a movie I'm going to stop at. Well, put it this way: if I happen to be switching channels and Tom Jones is on, that shit's staying. From that point forward, I'll watch the movie just for TJ. Okay, um, and that's also going to influence my score a bit. But I completely get it. It's you're right, Eric. It's very un Tim Burton like because Tim Burton always offers that magic. There's no other word for it. You know what I mean? He's got a he builds magic into his yeah. into the worlds that he creates. And this was as crazy as it wasn't Martians attacking, it was much more straightforward. Yeah. Um, I totally dug the Martian sense of humor and the trolling. I, I, I absolutely love that. And it's something that I didn't remember um, because I haven't watched the movie in a while until you know I prepped for the show. So I completely dug that subversive sense of humor, that, that dark, just 
black humor <laughs> and the way they the way they messed with us um that said if i wasn't a tom jones fan it probably would be a three but i'm gonna bump it up three full decimals to a 3.3 wow <laughs> okay i wonder if tom jones had like a spike in sales that year after this movie no see that's where you you don't understand tom jones enough he doesn't need a spike he is perpetually spiked no no, no seriously if of like after the because like i remember after this movie came out i went and got some tom jones records because like i was like oh shit this yeah guy fucking knows i agree shit. he probably found a younger audience uh, he definitely found a younger audience after that i mean because you know look i know tom jones from when i was a kid because like my mom and my aunt would go to tom jones concerts and you know, they'd throw underwear up on stage. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I don't know how that guy, like looking at him, got yeah. it got women so in the mood. No, it was him and him and my mom was actually an Engelbert Humperdinck fan. They were like competing. <laughs> he was like Engelbert was like the the he was like he could never catch up to Tom Jones. He was always a little behind him. But my mom was an Engelbert fan. But she loved Tom Jones too. So I mean I grew up hearing that music in my house all the time. And I just dig the dude. I dig his charisma. I, I just dig his vibe. Right, so, yeah. So, 3.3. That's mine. All right. Oh, Quick wow. question. Why are these aliens so horny if they don't have any genitalia? <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> it's a lot of pent-up energy. But you're right. On the surface, that's a valid question. Because, yeah, what, what the hell's going on? You know? Just food for thought. As we yeah. Why are they wearing underwear if they have no genitalia? True. Well, they Good don't point. Have, they, they may have... Uh, Assholes. It's <laughs> true. Well, they are That's assholes. Okay. <laughs> Very well said. Right. That's all. Shake out. Get nice and limber. Or not. Now, take another look at the way he moves. Remember, very limp. Almost like sleepwalking. Look at the face. It's vacant with a hint of sadness. A drunk who's lost a bed. Okay, let's try, shall we? Liz. Um, nice. Good vocal work. Okay. Barbara, that's excellent. Sorry, dear, I was miles away. Daphs? Uh. Come on. Uh. Okay. It's mournful, sorrowful, you dead and you hate it. Go. Uh. Much better. Ed? I'll do it on the night. This is the night. <sighs> what is that? What about yours? Hey? Who died and made you fucking king of the zombies? Oh, oh, no. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Right. Let's all try it together, shall we? One, two, three. So, you want to uh, you want to go first, Joe? Yeah, I'll go first. This movie, while being uh, people know this about me that uh, horror is not necessarily my genre. Um, but then again, this isn't necessarily a podcast about what I like. That was last episode. <laughs> uh, I do very much so appreciate the fact that they didn't just make this your typical horror film, but they actually did something unique and interesting with it and uh, made it really fun also. Um, yep. Massive fan of Simon Pegg, massive fan of Nick Frost, massive fan of almost everything uh, British too. So I, I'm really on board with this in uh I think I'm gonna give this a 4.3. Nice. All right. I like that. I dig that. That's excellent. Um, yeah. All right. So Tim, what do you got? Hmm? 
Um, well, it is my favorite movie uh, of all time. So, it, you know, it definitely is is up there uh, in terms of what I would give it. Um, I think it is a perfectly paced movie. Um, the writing is brilliant. Every scene has something memorable about it. Uh, nothing overstays its welcome. I, I literally, even watching it today, I can't think of a scene that I would cut or trim. Um, it has the perfect blend of comedy and... Uh, you know, pretty dramatic moments. Um, and, you know, being the start of the Cornetto trilogy, I would say Hot Fuzz is probably the better movie, but this is my favorite of them. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to give it a perfect score because I don't know that any movie is perfect, but I would still probably say a 4.8. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's as close to a perfect movie for me as I could possibly think. That is totally fair and, and absolutely understandable. I dig it. Um, what do you got, Eric? Okay, so this, like I said before, I can only think of two others that I, you know, that fit the same kind of mold, that horror comedy that I like as much, and that's Evil Dead 2 and uh, American Werewolf in London. Um, it's just so sharp. It's so smartly written. Um, it has something to say, uh, which is unique for, you know, a comedy, especially a horror comedy. Um, and, and I agree with Tim, man, like the pacing is spot on. Um, it's, it's a good way you put it that nothing really overstates its welcome. Um, it's a lot of quick hits and it, and it still holds up. I'm giving this a 4.5. Nice. Um, one of, one of my highest ratings, man, like this is just, this checks all the boxes for me. Yep. All right. That's excellent. So, um, I mean, everything I'm thinking has pretty much been said by these three. Um, it's, you know, as far as a comedy goes, well, comedy slash horror, um, it's probably my favorite. It might not be my favorite movie overall of all time, but it's it's up there. Um, so I'm also going to give it a 4.8 like Tim. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's not perfect, Excellent. but no movie is. But for me, you know, for sentimental reasons, for quotable reasons and for just quality reasons, um, it uh-huh. sits up there for me. So yeah, that's that's definitely definitely what I got. Awesome. Yeah, this is just a great overall movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's it. It, it. It's a it's a great flick. We can't obviously by the ratings, four of us can't recommend it enough. We really think if you haven't seen it, uh, take the time. It's not even that long. It's an hour and thirty nine minutes with credits. Yeah, um, uh-huh. and uh, th- I would definitely get on it. And then I'll tell you what—it's a gateway drug because you're going to want to watch Hot Fuzz. Yep. And I completely agree with Tim. Hot Fuzz is the better movie in the sense of its pacing, even though this is paced so well. But it, this is still my favorite too of the three. Uh, but then you'll get Hot Fuzz, you'll get World's End, and again, you know, with uh, Edgar Wright, you go on to Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim and. You know, it's also a fantastic know. horror gateway too, man. Like you, yes. you know, yes. to appreciate oh, yeah. all these references, you got to watch all these old Romero flicks that you know maybe yes, flew under definitely. the radar. And one of the coolest things for me about this movie is that they showed it to George Romero, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was a fan. He he liked it so much that he brought oh, Edgar yeah. Wright and Simon Pegg into uh, one of his movies after Shaun of the Dead, which was uh, Land of the Dead. And yeah. they mm-hmm. make cameos as, as zombies in that movie. So that was kind yeah. of a cool bow on the whole thing, you know? 
Very true. Definitely. Very true. So, yeah. So, people people check it out. And if you haven't seen it and you do watch it, please uh, join the Facebook group and uh, and let us know. Let us know what you thought. Um, you know, we really want to get, you know, some interaction uh, between, you know, our listeners and us. Uh, so, in this case, watch it if you haven't. And if you ha- even if you have, please let us know what you think, you know, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. Uh, let's get some dialogue going. So, yeah, we do have a Facebook group, uh, Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Uh, just search for it and join up. Uh, we definitely look forward to having you on that. The fuck do I know? I don't expect you to believe me anyway. What do they look like? Did you get a look at him? Yeah. Well, then how do you know that somebody else was there? Because somebody cut her while I watched. And you didn't get a look at it? You couldn't even see the fucker. You could just see cuts happening all at once. What do you mean all at once? I mean, it was as if there were four razors cutting at the same time, but invisible ones. I probably could have saved. If I don't move soon. But I thought it was just another nightmare. Like the one I had the night before. There was this there was this guy. He had knives for fingers. I am entertained. And I'm entertained by that intro. Every time for a solid 15 Mississippis. Um, Joe, how do you feel about this movie? So, I need to give you the disclaimer. I don't really like horror movies in general, as a rule. They're just not my, my genre of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I like funny shit, and there's nothing funny about <laughs> horror movies typically. <laughs> Except scary movie. Yeah, except for the the spoof ones. Um, scary movie series. I, I also like my plots to tr- at least make some sense, <laughs> and I don't like when people just say that make the stupidest <laughs> stupidest decisions possible the sure, whole time. Sure. So, uh, with that being said, just understand like that weighs heavily into how I rate these movies. Um, honestly, I mean it. It's a good movie. Uh, I did not remember the movie at all. I may have seen this movie once in my life ever before. It's okay. just, wow. I, don't even, I don't even know if I've ever seen it before today. To be honest. Oh shit. That's okay. amazing. So, all right. Yeah. I mean, I, I know all the Freddy Krueger references and all that shit, but I don't sure. think I've ever actually seen the movie before. Or if I have, yeah. I was too young to not remember it. Um, Cause I won't, I will not go out of my way to watch horror movies. I had, this is like kind of like Doug and Friday. <laughs> Uh, it's just not my it's not my genre of movie. This in westerns, like I don't go out of way to watch westerns either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, that being said, it, it was a good movie. But it, it's it is what it is. It's not like you know that it's not going to win the award for best movie ever made. Never, um, never. Not going to win the award for best acting. I did love the gigantic um, Arby's explosion of blood. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, 
I like the you know the tie-ins to like the Home Alone was based off the shit and like uh, I'm assuming Wolverine had something to do with this also. Sure. Uh, <laughs> just this is my my head cannon here, so I'm probably gonna go like a two point seven. Okay. All right. It's just I don't I don't know. Just not me, your not bag, man. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I understand. I I have a lot of people in my life who just they're not horror people. My my mom is especially a big one, and it's funny because I love that shit. And she's like, I don't know how you can fucking yeah. watch this. Like, it's, well, just- it's not that I disliked it. It's just when I was trying to watch it today, and this remember like this is like the first time of me mem- remembering watching it. Yeah. I couldn't even stay focused enough to watch it. I'm just sitting here looking at my phone, like <laughs> doing all kinds of other shit, just because I cannot stay focused on this fucking movie. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, Doug. How are you feeling about Nightmare on Elm Street? All right. Uh, as I just said, you know, it, it's I was I was an adult when this came out, um, so it doesn't hold the very same nostalgic value value to me as like Halloween did. Um, but I did enjoy it. I remember enjoying it in the theater. I remember being genuinely scared in the theater um, because it was in the '80s, and I'm from the '80s. You know, as a, as a teenager and young adult, you know. I none of none of the '80s tropes made a difference to me because I was in the middle of living it, you know. Yeah. So I, I it was just part of life. Um, so you know, I, I definitely dug it. I enjoyed watching it today. It again, it's been like Joe said. I mean, obviously I'd seen it before, but it's been a long time since I watched this movie. Um, so I did enjoy watching it. You know, I was able to pay attention and, and definitely get into it. So I'm going to give it a three point eight. Nice. Okay. All right. That's a that's so, yeah. a pretty respectable score. Yeah, you know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I'd rather watch the scary Terry episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, obviously, I'm biased. A lot of these films that that we talk about on this podcast, I'm biased about. I can be objective and say that it's not the best movie. Um, you know, there are problems with it, just from a, a directorial standpoint, from a cinematography. standpoint, photography standpoint from an editing standpoint there are technical issues with this movie that jumped out at me in a way that they maybe didn't when i was a kid um you know just being a movie fan um it is a nostalgic movie for me it it means a lot to me from my childhood it was a huge huge part of my um upbringing into appreciating that kind of film appreciating horror and you know it, it was so permeated in the culture that like, I mean, we had trading cards with fucking Freddy Krueger on them when we were kids. So it's hard for me to, to be unbiased. I want to give it a higher score because it, you know, it, it pulls on my heartstrings, but I'm trying to be as objective as I can. I'm going to give it a 3.9 out of five, okay. um, which is still a high score. Oh, um, definitely. But you know, again with fresh eyes on this thing i do see the the seams and the problems and the you know uh, it's endearing and i dig it and i think it's part of its charm but it's not a it's not a perfect movie and even as a horror movie there are horror movies that i think are far superior to it from the 70s and the 80s so um yeah i think that's where we land on this guy yeah i get it so, you know, 
probably like a middling score for us as an average. We've we've definitely scored some movies higher um, as a, as a whole. But that said, I think it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it or if it's been a long time since you've seen it. Especially now that we're into October, pop that fucker in, man, because it'll it's it's a whole vibe. It takes you back to a, a bygone era, and it's just a fun movie. It's it's oh definitely. I mean, you've got a month of October to celebrate Halloween. Yeah. yeah, you definitely you got thirty days, and you got more than one movie a day if you really want to go nuts. And and Nightmare on Elm Street has to be one of the ones you watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just it means a lot. It know, deserves a place in your whole genre, in your, yeah, you know, in your rotation exactly. there for sure. Yep. And Robert England, man, like he he really he brought a lot to that role. Like like we talked about, it changed over time, and it got very right. campy. But I mean, he he. I can't imagine anybody else doing it. So no, nah, he embraced it. He embraced yeah. the role, and he embraced the pop culture aspect of the role. He, I, I think, he understood it before any of us understood it. What it was yeah. going to mean, and 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 he built off that. So I mean, kudos to him. I'm going to email that motherfucker and see if he wants to come on the podcast. Hell I'm serious. Yeah. I'll hit him up. I'm going to hit yeah. him up. Let's do all it, right? man. Let's so. do it. Beer and pussy. That's all I need. <clears throat> we got to find ourselves a Smurfette. Smurfette. Mm-hmm. Not some, like, tight-ass middle-sex chick, you know? Like this cute little blonde that'll get down and dirty with the guys. Like Smurfette does. Smurfette doesn't fuck. That's bullshit. Smurfette fucks all the other Smurfs. Why do you think Papa Smurf made her? Because all the other Smurfs were getting too horny. No, 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 not Vanity. I heard he was a homosexual. Okay, well, you know what? Then she fucks them while Vanity watches, okay? Well, what about Papa Smurf? I mean, he must get into the action. Yeah, what he does, he films the gangbang. Later on, he beats off to the tape. First of all, Papa Smurf didn't create Smurfette. Gargamel did. She was sent in as Gargamel's evil spy with the intention of destroying the Smurf village. But the overwhelming goodness of the Smurf way of life transformed her. And as for the whole gangbang scenario, <laughs> I, it just couldn't happen. Smurfs are asexual. They, they don't even have reproductive organs under those little white pants. This was so illogical, you know, about being a Smurf. You know, what's the point of living if you don't have a dick? Damn it, Donnie. Why, why do you got to get so smart on us? Grandma death. All right, so, Donnie Darko. Um, let's start with Doug. Doug, what is your rating? All right. Um, I've seen this a bunch of times. It's been a while. So I appreciated today's viewing, and I really did. I'm kind of happy it was the director's cut. I understand. Trust me. We, we connect on you know that uh, on your side as leading the episode, but... Um, having those note pages made a world of difference in understanding what was going on. So, um, but I've always dug the movie, even when it was sort of, you know, I remember when I saw it, when it first came out, it was sort of like just cool to think it was cool. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could say, yeah, it's a really cool movie. And if you don't understand anything that was going on in it, yeah. um, you know, and you had, you had your bragging rights. So now I, I, I do really dig this movie. So in the end, it will be a solid four out of five for me. 4.0. Nice. I was going to say the first piece of trivia I found when I was uh, making my notes was uh, 
at the rap party for the film, Seth Rogen and Jake Gyllenhaal agreed that they had no idea what the movie was about. Exactly. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Exactly. So I, I can totally relate to that, but, you know. So, That's yeah. awesome, man. 4.0. 4. 4. 4. All right. Joe, where are you at with Donnie? Uh, I, uh, I enjoyed it more now that I fucking took the time to really try to figure out what it was about than just watching it. Um. It's a fun movie. It's good. The cast is great. Um, like you said, the, everyone's right for the role. The weird dog statue I could do without. Um, <laughs> the mongrel baby. The mongrel. Yeah, I could do. I could do without that. He I looked mean, at. He. You know what it looks like? It looks like a altered version of Ms. Marvel's dog. Whatever yeah. that dog oh, yeah. is. It's know? the Greendale human being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you know. Uh, I, I like fun movies more often than not, just my personal opinion, so that always sways me. And, you know, they did have the whole Smurf scene, which kind of almost saved it in the sparkle motion. <clears throat> but because it's it's still a, a dark movie, no pun intended, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go like a 3.8. Okay. Respectable. I get it. Still I high. absolutely get it. I mean, I would give it a higher score if it was more fun, but it's just so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> It is it is a Darko movie, I guess. But that is that is still a very respectable score, and I completely. I can't go any lower because the movie's fucking great. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. I completely get where you're coming from, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you, if you, if we threw this out to a hundred people, you'd get a, a wide variety of ratings. Yeah. You know, so oh, yeah. I totally get that. Oh yeah, my my wife fucking hates this movie. And has always hated this movie. So does mine. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, mine actually enjoyed it. And like we were talking about earlier today when I was reading that same website that you had. Because <laughs> it literally yeah, has, exact, <laughs> has some stars in the background and shit. Oh, yeah. The, the old Danny Darko, what the fuck does this movie mean webpage. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. This was, uh, I still love this movie. Um, I hadn't seen it in a while. And it was interesting watching this cut of it. But it didn't. it didn't take much away from like my enjoyment of it it just kind of diluted it a little bit um i i think it's it's a thought-provoking movie um even if like the plotting is is sloppy and even if things maybe don't make sense i i think there's it's it's like being a fan of anything man you can do like apologetics on it be like oh no you know and there's all this cool like I don't know background stuff that you can continue to watch this movie and, and pick up on. Like there's rabbits hidden everywhere in the movie. Um, there's a Volkswagen rabbit that drives by at a certain ah, point. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, his sister's holding a stuffed rabbit. There's a picture of him dressed as a rabbit. So there's all these, this he was little... holding a rabbit during therapy. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You two should read this rabbit book with me and we should have a fucking book club on it. We should, man. <laughs> I'm in, I'm into it. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's just a lot of fun to be had with this movie, even though it is it is uh, you know serious and and somber and kind of depressing. Um, it's all of that in a hopeful way. Like it ends in a hopeful way, even though he's right. he's dying. So um, anyway, all that said, I I give it a four point two. Um, nice. You know, it's Definitely. not not a perfect movie, um, but it's just it's got a lot of spirit and it's got a lot of originality. So. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's funny, you, really quick, you talk about the rabbits everywhere. the The Watership Down clips aren't in the theatrical release; they're only in the director's cut. 
Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's something, a note that I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I said, there were there were some redeeming qualities to this cut. Like, I wanted to, to poo-poo all over it, but I got some scenes that I really liked that I had never seen before, so that was that was a plus. Yep. Um, yeah. Also, <laughs> if we're talking about trivia, I can't leave this out of the episode. Vince Vaughn turned down the part of Donnie Darko due to his age, and Mark Wahlberg was interested in the part, but only if he could play it with a lisp. Oh, God. <laughs> like, could you fucking imagine? I, yeah, I can imagine the arrogance on Mark Wahlberg <laughs> thinking he, that he had it nailed with the lisp. That, yeah. I mean, I could just think, Marky Mark, how fresh out of Marky Mark land was he when he was offered this role? And then he would be that pretentious about it, that fuckface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really glad neither one of them did that. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> Me too. That would have sucked. <laughs> oh, that's a story. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... There you go. Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. You know, by the end of that first dawn, lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks. Maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men. They average six an hour. On Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player. Bosun's mate. I thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up. Bobbed up and down in the water. It was like a kind of top. Upended. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. Okay, so for me, again, Jaws, formative movie, um, film school classic. Love the pacing, love the tension, love the character work, love the acting, love the directing. Um, The score, iconic. It's been said many times in this episode, but the music becomes a character in itself. Very, very hard to find stuff to dislike in this film unless you are uh, an angry, joyless man like Joe. But again, for me, this movie checks all the boxes. It's endlessly watchable. It is a masterclass in filmmaking. And my score for Jaws will be a four- Point eight out of five. A near perfect film. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard, Dre- Richard Dreyfus. Um, wonderful classic trio. Yeah, I just I love this movie. Couldn't love it more. And uh, really, the only thing that hurts it is the sequels. Um, I don't think they tarnish the film, but god damn, do they try. <laughs> Yeah, so my last time I was on, did my favorite movie, gave it 4.9. And um, so this is a much different movie. Again, 
there's I always I don't want to keep it like an asterisk saying that it was 75 but I feel like it's also at the same time what they did in 75 is impressive so it kind of evens itself out um I enjoy the length of the movie um I enjoy the the cast the actors everything relating to it I have a fascination with the water even though I don't go in it I think everything was really well done and shot especially the fact that they put they did it on the ocean authentically I think there's a lot of props there a lot of credit the first half may have felt slow I think the parts that were exciting if you will in the first half could make up for any shortcomings arguably the slow parts even with the story of the uh, the USS Indianapolis you know great stuff there iconic scenes quotable scenes in pop culture even if you don't know the movie um first time i saw it was only in 2019 and seen it several times since and just become fascinated with this movie and the fact that spielberg did it when he was 26 is just another impressive milestone and um i think for my rating on this i'm gonna go right with an even four on this all right yeah, yeah I, I I do really like it. Again, I've only done two of these with you guys, so it's kind of hard to get my own oh, yeah. personal bearings of where a movie lies. And, you know, I didn't want to just go right to, hey, it's zero through five and everybody's doing four to five only and stuff. But I think it's really solid. There could be some slow parts as well, but um, and I really appreciate the movie. And again, I'm also trying to go off a curve of my favorite movie ever was the one that we just did at four point nine. So, and I don't know if I could put this that close, but I think there's just so many good aspects of this movie, and it's just classic cinema. Uh, uh, this one has it all for me, the nostalgia, the the filmmaking. I mean, well, we're talking about the number 35 movie of all time on the top 100 American Film Institute. I mean... It's a masterpiece. There's for me it is. And again, the nostalgia again, the story about my dad getting the shit scared out of him and even I the the, the song sharing sharing the song with my daughter, you know, that kind of stuff. So this will absolutely match up uh with another one of Spielberg's genius movies, Jurassic Park. So I'm giving it a four point seven. Solid. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies ever, so mm-hmm. I, I can't not give it something that high, you know. Totally. All right. So I can respect Doug's nostalgia playing a big factor in his score on this. Comparing this to Jurassic Park is complete utter bullshit to me, though, personally. Just me personally, (laughs) because Jurassic Park is a fantastic fucking movie that keeps me, like, glued to the screen the entire time. And I was bored 90% of this fucking movie. Um, I, I think the way it's presented that the pacing is too fucking slow. There's a bunch of bullshit you don't need to see. The fucking thing this movie gets credit for is the amazing special effects. The shark looks fake as fuck. And then the, your real complaint is that the real sharks look fake. Even though the real sharks are real sharks and the fake sharks is a fucking piece of styrofoam or whatever, the, or foam, or whatever the fuck it is. It didn't work half the time because it put in salt water. The acting was good from the three main characters when they were on a boat together with no one else around them. Um, there's a bunch of stupid shit that would never happen in real life. 
I, I just, this is a fucking stupid movie. Like, no, there's not even a point to it. What's the fucking point? There's a shark attack at a beach and three guys go to kill a shark. In the real life, if there was people getting killed, the fucking Coast Guard would come in and do their job. Not three guys in a raggedy-ass boat going out to try to fight a, sh- a shark and two of them have no experience whatsoever in the water. It's a stupid fucking movie. I think I told you in the pre-thing I was going to give it around a 2.5 and you can have to, you'd have to, like, talk me into, like, giving it a higher score. I'm going to stick with what the fuck I gave it at a 2.5 because I do not like this movie at all. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't like go. this stupid fucking movie and I don't think it's that well made. And yeah, I understand it was on a boat. It was in the ocean. It was 1975. It's not fucking an excuse. Like, it's not that well made. <laughs> I don't care if he was 26 years old when he made it or what. I don't think it was that well made. <laughs> I don't care what the American Film Institute says. To me, this is a 2.5. <laughs> like I said on the last one, that thing you do, I thought it was well made. I thought it had a story. I gave it a better score than I wanted to give it because, in fairness, it was a better movie. Like, I just don't like this movie at all. I think this is fucking shitty. I mean, Jaws 3 is shitty. Jaws 2 is shitty. Jaws 4 is shitty. All the Jaws movies are shitty, but at least I enjoyed 3. I mean, I would go down, but I don't want to be disrespectful to you guys who love this movie so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know Doug's pissed off right now, but that's how I feel about this movie. I'm not at all. Look, dude, it's you, this is your like, opinion. I, do I not get it. Like it's a hundred percent your opinion. Like, it's a hundred percent your opinion. Better than search and, and destroy. You're, you're absolutely <laughs> entitled to it. I'm not pissed off. I think it's funny, but I'm not pissed off. I mean, not everything. Yeah, I got for a whole everyone. different taste. Yeah, I mean, with all the like I said, all the arguments that people make about this movie aren't even that good. It's just like I think some how this movie got in nostalgia land, and everyone blows this movie un- unreasonably. The world is wrong, and Joe's right. <laughs> and and I wouldn't have went so crazy if you didn't compare it to Jurassic Park, which I think is a fantastic fucking movie. Okay, all right, because they are complete different animals. Hmm. Literally, yeah, one's and a dinosaur, one's a shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, one one's good. One was CGI. One was real. Right. Yeah. One one had a way better story. <laughs> mm, yeah, no. I, I can definitely see Doug's point of view with like growing up with something solidifies a different thing for you. You know, people mm-hmm. always say like, Oh, the music you cling on to happens to be like in your coming yeah. of age, your salad days, your heyday, whatever it wants to be, you know, and I don't know, and, and again, I'm not a uh, I guess I would go like not casual, I'm more of movie buff. I'm not like cinemaphile, like nerd, I'm pretty buff like i i i guess as soon as you start talking about directors of photography you have at least a little bit of a movie buff in you and you know and <laughs> there was something about this movie that i think you know what it is eric that made up for the lack of a nostalgia of growing up with it is my fascination and fear of open water that type of thing like the same thing with like some of my favorite movies are like Green Mile and Shawshank because I have a fascination with the whole narrative of prison stuff, even though I myself have never served. But I think that, you know, attracts me. And again, I'm a sucker for the background. The stuff that Joe's not really into with like, you know, achievement by age, stuff that has never, ever been done before by anybody. That's not really Joe's thing that strikes him that puts stuff over the edge. It is for me as well. And again, I'm, I think my sentiment comes from the idea of like, where I come from this background here of like there's stuff that we've achieved in these four walls that have taken almost half of a decade to do and like the stories behind them, those things add stuff for me. So those help any shortcomings for me. And yeah, it's not everything's for everyone and that's fine. And again, another jab, it's biodome guy doesn't like Spielberg's masterpiece, but Joe, Joe likes his own thing, which is good for the dynamic of the thing too. I fully feel what you just said. That makes perfect sense. 
movie. Uh, see, yeah. for me, when I rate a movie, it's I have an hour and a half to watch something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that against every other movie that I would spend in that hour and a half. I'm not going to put it against what it achieved for its time or what it did this or what it did for this person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it over. I have an hour and a half. What the fuck am I going to watch that I don't feel like I wasted my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also feel you on the nostalgia. I grew up with Biodome. Mm-hmm. Like, that was fucking my movie growing up in my wheelhouse. I mm-hmm. love that movie. Mine was it Mall might not Rats. Be a good movie. Yeah, Mall Rats 2 is another one of mine. Mm-hmm. They might not necessarily be the best movies, but they resonate to me and get a higher score for me. Yeah. This, I thought, was an overrated piece of shit that everyone loves for some reason, and that's just my opinion. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to put it to, like, if I have two hours to sit down and watch something, I'm watching 100,000 things before I watch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it's like I always say, like about anything, and I use the movie reference as well. Like, someone's favorite movie is somebody else's least favorite movie, and that's just different strokes, always. different folks yeah. type of thing, always. you know. And and that's yep. oh, let's let's put also in a ninety-minute movie. Toy Story is a ninety-minute movie, and that movie it's, it's it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It's really good. Yeah, and just just saying, like you can fit it into a shorter movie. You don't need all this extra time it's just wasting an extra 30 but minutes two hours see the thing with that is though <laughs> if it, if the movie was two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes that's a bloated movie a two-hour movie is not at all considered a bloated movie i mean that's a uh, standard it movie is time. If, if it's if nothing's happening during that two hours okay like, if literally the entire plot is there's a shark attacking people we're gonna go kill the shark that doesn't need to be two hours <laughs> like there's no like crazy like plot arcs and setups and twists and you know character development it's literally there's a shark attacking people the mayor doesn't want us to kill him we're gonna go kill the shark yeah. end of story i mean it's it's the simplest plot ever <laughs> what's right, the character, character growth stuff. in the people like what is the character development where is the growth where is the arc in them like they start out being one person study. they end up being the same person they start like there is no character development there is no like turn around of like uh, like if the mayor at the end of the movie is you know maybe i should have thought and put the town before the people no it's like i'm a dickhead now i'm a dickhead at the end of this movie like there is no fucking growth in this film it's just a fucking blow fest of a shark i don't the shark's not even in the movie <laughs> right yeah except for in jaws 2 they do the same fucking thing again because he didn't learn a lesson from jaws 1 in brody literally everybody in this movie is the same character the entire movie it it there it, it doesn't fucking do anything it just literally shows a story of a shark attack some people at a beach one person says they should stop it the person in charge says no then they find out that it keeps attacking people because they didn't stop it because the person didn't listen to the other person all right we're gonna go kill it in a rickety ass boat with some crazy guy who lives down by the fucking shore like that's the entire movie summarized in in like two minutes (laughs) i i have one argument against the development side of characters and the length i think there's a problem here if if your goal would be a shorter movie and you want development, the development would feel rushed then. Well, yeah, but I mean, if they're not going to give me development anyways, mm-hmm. get it over with. Like, get the fucking short story you want to tell over with because, I mean, even fucking Moby Dick had character development. Like, Ahab realizes at the end of it that he shouldn't have been fucking going after this whale. Like, this doesn't even have that. Like, Isn't that, isn't that book like a million and a half pages? Yes. That's a long time to develop the character. Right. I still don't think it's a great fucking character or movie either, but I mean, it's better than this. This is just stupid. Like, I hate that I'm being so blunt about this, but I find this so fucking a waste of time. Two million bees makes Joe very angry. (laughs) 
I, I'm just no. What made me angry was you comparing this to Jurassic Park. Like this is nothing like Jurassic Park. All right, then my Jurassic job Park is done. Good night, folks. Fucking tastic movie. And that's nostalgia for me because I grew up with that too. Yeah. And Jurassic Park has the most important aspect a movie needs to have: banyan trees. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, I know I'm sounding I sound I'm telling like an asshole because I'm doing it on purpose. I'm I'm just playing the character right now yeah. up. Like I don't I mean I mean I don't like the movie, but I don't think it's that bad. I'm just being a dick on purpose to be a dick. <laughs> I will tell you, John Williams is two points of my two and a half point score. <laughs> <laughs> the point five is bigger boat. <laughs> uh also, I know there's going to be one person out there who agrees with me and is going to be like, thank you for saying this. I've been waiting right. my whole life for somebody to say this. Exactly. Come to my there's island. There's going to be that please. one guy. <laughs> Come live with me. Yes. Yeah, we're going to go watch Biodome together. <laughs> exactly. We do need to get as many Joes together on one island. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Welcome to my allegedly ancestral home. You want to limit your time inside as much as possible? Why is that? Restricts your mobility. You want to keep your eye on everything at the same time. The worst thing is if you get in a game of hide and seek. That really slows you down. Now, if they hide in the closet... Why not just reach in and grab them? Yeah. We have a code of ethics, Tay. The closet... is a sacred place. Uh, it's symbolic of the womb. It's the safest place to be because... In the womb, we're innocent. So does that mean you're pro-life, Leslie? Anyway, you don't want to spend too much time on just one person. It gives everybody else too much time to get away. And that's rule number one. Nobody gets away. You mess that one up, and not only is it a complete breakdown, it's really embarrassing. The bedroom is where it's all going to start, if it all goes as I expect. One guy's going to bring his girl up here to knock boots, and of course I'll be waiting nearby. This is my staging area. I'll wait here for them to start doing their thing, and then it's decision time. What's a go situation? If I have a good sense of the way things are going, if I know where everyone's at, once I off the two of them, I'll uh, stage the area and make it look like they're sleeping. Why is that? Well, if someone comes in and sees two horrifically mangled bodies, they'll run screaming from the house. I'll lose containment way too early. As soon as possible, I gotta whittle it down to just me and Kelly. I have the main fuse rigged up to cut the power. So I can sneak down the stairs and take advantage of the first moments of chaos. Of course, one of the first reactions will be to go for the flashlights in the kitchen. I put dead batteries in all them, so... That'll mean they have to go down to the basement to check the fuse box. Remember, nobody knows about the bodies upstairs, so they won't be panicked. Here's how it'll go down next. Everybody will be partying. Kelly won't be having any of it, hopefully. Her jock boyfriend's gonna get frustrated, take it out on the stoners. The stoners are gonna be stoned. And then the lights will go out. 
one of the guys will offer to go to the cellar, and being a raging sack of hormones, he'll bring his girl to try to score. Leslie, don't you think that's a little gratuitous? Now, Taylor, who's telling the story? That's my cue to split him up. He'll tell her to stay put while he checks it out. He'll say, everything's all right. And then... You let her go? She's the starting gun. She'll run screaming back into the house and start the panic. That gives me time to make my next move. There's no lock on that old tool shed, so I'll use the corpse to scare the poop out of the kid who goes in there next. The shed's a safe haven. I can't let anyone in. The closet imagery. Right. Only Kelly's allowed in there. If someone else tries to enter that shed, he gets it with a post hole digger. It's so sadistic, and yet... Genius. Thank you. But, uh, you, you do want Kelly to go in there? Yes. You're kidding. What for? Wait, Taylor. We should get you asking that. Good call. <clears throat> Leslie, I feel as though you want Kelly to enter the tool shed. That's correct, Taylor. It's the first sign of empowerment I'll be looking for in her. At some point, she's going to turn a corner. It's a pivotal moment when she makes the transition from victim to heroine. This is visually manifested when she reaches for a big, long, hard weapon. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's okay, Tay. It's deeply symbolic. She's empowering herself with cock. If it's been a while for you, dear listener, we rate all of our movies here on MOTCU a scale of one to five. Anything in between, decimal points are accepted. I don't believe anything's ever gonna zero. I think Search and Destroy should have. I just was too kind back then. I didn't realize at that point. I don't know about a zero, but okay, a point four. Yeah. But it's, it's all on the table. One day um, we will go back and re-rate these, you know, with our ideas of, like, we should have done the early movies different. Yeah, it's it's good to revisit, you know, with the benefit of time and, yeah. and experience. Um, but five being the perfect movie uh, and one being pretty much a hunk of shit and some wiggle room in between. So uh, I am thrilled that you guys had never seen this movie before. That was really exciting for me, and I am so happy that you both seem to enjoy it. So I'll start with uh, with you, Doug. What is your rating and why? All right. Uh, yeah. So, again, this was uh, this was this. I want to say it was a surprise because I have faith in the stuff that you deal out, dude. But um, I hadn't seen it, and I was completely entertained from start to finish. I, I, I always love a smart comedy, a smart movie, you know, intelligent you know, dialogue, and this had it. It had a lot of stuff, and it was pretty original, you know, as those mockumentary, you know, and then add horror into it. It, it was very original, so I really dug it. So, I mean, I, I'm going a solid four out of five on this. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Joe, where do you sit? What say you? 
I agree with mostly every single thing Doug said, except for um, I know sometimes if you pick movies that I think that they're good to you, but uh, and this time you didn't disappoint me because uh, I did go into this with the expectation I was not gonna like it because I'm like, oh, what the fuck, this weird movie I've never heard of? It's a horror movie, some obscure piece of shit. It's gonna be some art house thing. It's gonna be a bunch of tropes that I can't stand. And I, I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie. So thank you, Eric. Um, I had never seen it, never heard of it, and I didn't even know anything about it. But uh, I'm glad I didn't because it made it way better. Uh, also, I felt like shit all day, and this kind of cheered me up a little bit. So uh, I'm going to go right along the lines with Doug, and I'll give this, I'll give this a 4.1. Nice. That makes me so happy, man. Um yeah, for me, I mean, I don't remember when I discovered this movie, but it has cemented its place in the rotation of the movies I watch this time of year, like Clockwork. You know, you have your your obvious ones. You have Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, but this one and like Trick or Treat and some of like the more offbeat shit has really worked its way in. And as a horror guy, um, something grabs your attention like this, it's got to be good. So... Um, all the stuff you guys said I think it's super original I think it's really funny um, it gets extra points if you are a horror fan because there's so much just fucking love for the genre in it you know it's it's definitely made from a place of uh, reverence and it's not making fun of horror movies it's just it's just celebrating how silly they can fucking be sometimes oh absolutely yeah. so um I'm in line with you guys. I'm I'm inclined to give this movie a 4.1 out of 5. I think it's really nice. fucking solid. I, I agree. Perfect. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and check it out. Um, it is it all, streaming all over the place, I'm sure. So, um, Is it really? <laughs> well, not on you know Netflix or Hulu or any of the shit that you actually pay for, but if you search for it, on it a torrent will come site. up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> And it'll if be on like the second page of Torrents. Yeah, yeah. Hit us up if you need. I actually let people borrow DVD copies of this movie because oh, nice. I, I'm in a position where I like this so much. Like I'm, I'm proselytizing for it. I'm like, have you ever seen fucking <laughs> Behind the Mask, Leslie yeah. Burt? I, um, there's a dude, uh, Pariah Mike. Man, he he oh, hosts, yeah. hosts and has hosted several great podcasts, and they're all sort of horror related. He's a huge horror fan. And uh, I brought him a copy of this movie thinking that, you know, you're going to love this. You never heard he of hated it before. It. No, he, he already knew it because, of okay. course, he did, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's one of those movies that I will recommend to anybody who is a horror fan or even not a horror fan. There's something for everybody. So, well, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I recommended it to four people today, which for me, that's pretty big. Yeah. yeah, that is. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Man. I don't have any friends, so I don't want to recommend it. To. <laughs> tell, tell the cat. I guess. Tell the we'll get into it. Tell the cat. Is it okay? Because it's not behind you licking its balls today. No, it doesn't have balls. It's a girl. But even if it was a boy, it wouldn't have balls. Yeah, no, she's fine. She's probably on the bed sleeping. Yeah, she just picked a new spot, man. Yeah, exactly. She I suns guess. herself over here. She's happy I took the AC out because now the sun pours in and she just lays there and warms up taking the ac i was fucking 85 degrees today yeah no I, man we had covers we had full comforter on last night we we 
probably could have turned the heat on, but we refused to because it's still September. <laughs> I, I will not turn it on in September. I don't care if it goes down to 20. I am so scared so. to fart right now. Oh, Joe, please don't, man. Please don't. Please uh, don't. Uh, so, well, speaking we, of a supporters. Speaking of being afraid of, to fart. Oh, crap. Hold on a second, boys. I got to bring the list down. That's okay. In the meantime, we have someone to thank. Uh, show sponsor, Mo DeWitt. Mo, Mo, Mo. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Mo, Mo. You have legal Mo. questions? Just call Mo. Um, if you want to navigate the legality of getting away with serial murder, don't call Mo, man. That's super fucked up. And uh, he won't have anything to do with that, I'm sure. Can't speak for Mo, but, I, you know, I'd imagine. That's what, if, what if you're a documentary crew making a, a video about this and you don't want to be complicit? Can you call Mo? I mean, there may be some legalese. That, listen, this is not my profession. You got to do you gotta defer to Mo for that kind of thing, but yeah, you know, I imagine it's he's wanting more calls about like slip and falls, things of that nature. I don't know. Yeah. What do I know? Uh, but but seriously, if you do need legal help, reach out to Mo. Um, yeah, awesome guy. And by the way, Mo Dewitt sponsoring a Mo Comedy Jam. Yeah, nice coming up soon with some. Some cool people, man, hosted by Ross McCoy. I know that uh, there's a ton of local comedians that are going to be there. So uh, look at Mo's webpage for more information. Uh, JustCallMo.com. Hey, guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh, yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I called it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we, Jeopardy. Are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help. Uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch uh depending on the tier that you sign up for oh we got all the tiers oh yeah you can either be a friend of the show a friend with benefits we just we could start to get serious or you could just put a ring on it already yeah and if you uh if you exceed that amount uh you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if if you want Not safe for your eyes, picks in my case, but not safe for anything, picks. Yeah, but yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way, from stickers to T-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah, the tiers started at a dollar, a dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it. Yep, one buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal! Yeah, guys, right? check it out again. Patreon.com/slash motcu. And then enjoy this week's movie. <laughs> 